Hey there, I'm Fernando Pinho and I'm delighted you are here. Thank you. I have a question for you. Have you ever woken up and said to yourself, this is the day, the day I'm finally going ahead with that project I've been dreaming about for a long time? You might not have enough money or experience in that thing. You don't even know if it is a good idea. But there is a voice in your head saying, you have to do it. You have to try. And then you decide to share that idea with your partner. I, I think I said something like, you want to do what? Are you serious? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's my wife, Jane. She's not only my soulmate, she's a saint. That moment you just heard happened in 2014. A few days ago, I asked Jane how she felt on that day when, out of the blue, I told her about my big plans. Scared. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a really big endeavor. <laughs> um, so yeah, mostly, mostly scared, but also, also excited that you, there was something that you really wanted to do and something that you were passionate about and that you thought would make a difference in the world, I guess. Did you, did you think I was crazy? Yes. <laughs> I had no experience, no contacts, and not much money. All I had was this idea I couldn't get rid of. As cliché as it sounds, I really wanted to change the world, and I wonder if, in one way or another, don't we all? Generally speaking, each one of us has at least a cause we really care about. Finding a cure for cancer, or animal welfare, or solving homelessness. If we could, we would do anything to solve these problems. So over the years, I found myself asking many times why charities only ask me for a monthly donation when I would be keen to do so much more. A few years ago, I came across a TED Talk by Dan Palotta. You will hear a lot about him in this series. In one of his videos, he says... That people are tired of being asked to do the least they can possibly do on behalf of the causes that have really broken their hearts that there's something in us that yearns to be asked to do the most we can possibly do, that yearns to be asked to fulfill all of our potential to help others. And I, I couldn't agree more with Dan. For me, it was time to do more, much more. So how do you go from our day-to-day -day lives to that moment we have an idea we can't forget about to then actually making it happen? And how do you know you are making the right decision? Where do you start? Where do you find help? Where you'll find the money you need? Will people think you are crazy? I was overwhelmed with uncertainty, but I was also quite excited about the idea of having a go at solving a problem I really cared about. So welcome to This Is The Day. My hope is that this podcast will help you move forward with your dreams, be brave and make big things happen. I hope you'll find it empowering, entertaining and useful. But before we start any project, we need to reflect on what led us to that moment. How do you know that this idea is worth your dedication, your time and all the headaches you might get in the process? That's on today's episode. I live in England, but I was born in Portugal. I used to work in theatre, first as a stage manager, and then as a producer and even as a director. I loved every single moment of it. The only problem with my job was that I was constantly away, so when I held my daughter in my arms for the first time, 
I knew I couldn't be away. I didn't want to be away. So I paused my career in theatre. And that decision gave me the chance to spend time with her, but also to do something I had been thinking about for way too long. It all started nine years earlier, on the day of my birthday. I was at my flat with a few friends celebrating and my phone started to ring. And it was my dad. I, I thought he was going to wish me a happy birthday, but instead he was crying. He was at hospital. A doctor had just told him that my brother had an aggressive form of blood cancer. It was a shock for everyone. Andrea was 11 years old. So for the next three years, they traveled 80 miles every week for treatment. My stepmother needed to be with Andrea all the time, so she lost a job and with that, half of their income. We weren't just fighting cancer. We were fighting fear. We were constantly scared of losing Andre. Around that time, I remember saying, wait a minute, if this is happening with my brother and he lives close to a treatment center, I wonder what is happening with so many other children around the world. Cancer in children is considered a rare disease, so they have to go to specialist treatment centers and some countries only have one or two. Even here in the UK, for example, where there are 19 centers, on average, a child has to travel 60 miles for treatment. And then there are children like Aesme. I'm pretty sure it was a 105-mile round trip. That's Wendy. She's Esme's mother. I asked her about the distance they travelled to hospitals so her daughter could get brain cancer treatment. So we had chemo every other week. Um, she also, that was for the long journey, so 105 um, mile round trip. Yes. Then she would have weekly clinic visits at the local. So that would okay. be every week, a 33 mile round trip. And okay. then temperature spikes. So we were there usually at least one other trip to either Addenbrooke's or um, Kings Lynn. And then she, in the whole last year of her treatment, she also had weekly or bi weekly transfusions. So that was another sort of 200 miles a week. Let me help you with the calculations. In total, Wendy travelled 14,000 miles just to give her two-year-old daughter the treatment she needed to survive. That distance is enough to go from England to China three times. And you know who paid for it? You guessed it. Themselves. But it gets worse because in many other countries, in Asia or Africa for example, Children with cancer have to travel an average of 12 hours just to get to the hospital, and then another 12 hours to return home. I personally met children who travel up to three days just to get a diagnosis. And this is not by choice, they simply don't have an option. So for you it might sound surprising, but children die of cancer every year without having received any treatment. And here in the UK, many more struggle to pay the travel costs to hospital. Now, I don't want to bother you with statistics, but this one is really revealing. Imagine you have 10 families in your living room. Okay, I know, it's, it's a big living room. You ask them how many need help to pay for transport to hospital, and seven families raise their hands. Then you ask a second question. How many of you actually receive help with the costs? Only one family raises their hand. 
This was the result of a study by the charity Young Lives vs. Cancer. They found out that only 6% of British families were receiving transport support to hospital. And the study was done before the pandemic, before the cost of petrol raised by over 40 pence a litre, before double digits inflation and shockingly high utility bills. So here's the big reveal, the idea that scared my wife Jane. I remember talking about it as we were walking for lunch. And I remember you saying that you'd had this dream and that you wanted to start a charity that would involve flying children with cancer to treatment. And I kind of thought, okay, that's quite left to field. Um, <laughs> not what I was expecting to hear. My big plan was to find a way to ensure that children with cancer here in the UK, but also around the world, could get easy and free transport to hospital. That's it. Simply helping them to get to a cancer hospital or to help them with the travel costs. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't that simple. I had no idea where to start. I had no clue if it was a good idea or if someone else had tried it to solve it before. I had never done any community transport work. I have never worked for a charity or had any contacts in any of them. And yet, there I was, dreaming of solving a big problem affecting people like you and me. Let's go back to the chat with my wife, Jane. Did you believe I could be on this project for the long run? I guess I never, I certainly never doubted your determination and your ability to carry projects through. I was more skeptical about the actual project itself and the magnitude of it and gosh, is that going to like kill him? <laughs> but, you know, knowing you and knowing how, you know, committed you are to the things that you want to do, I, I don't think I ever doubted that you wouldn't be here still today, you know, running this charity. I did go ahead with the project. It's called Please Take Me There and I can't wait to share with you how it happened. So how did I know my idea was worth pursuing? If your idea comes from a problem that affected you, then most likely there are others going through the very same challenges. In my case, for example, here in the UK, every day, 12 families find out that their children have cancer. Now, some will say that you should do some research, but usually that costs you a lot of money and time, and those are things you don't necessarily have when you start a new project. You know the problem exists, you know someone should find a better way to solve it. And you might even know other people going through the same. For me, that's enough research to know something should be done. Just to clarify, recently I did spend two years researching for a project, but there's no way I could have done it at the beginning. So here's a very important question. Do you know a better way to solve a problem you experience yourself? If the answer is yes, you got yourself to a great start. Because as soon as you share your idea with the people going through the same problems, most likely they will say, oh, that's a great idea, I would use that. Now, here's some bad news. The problem you want to solve? That isn't easy. Here's Dan Palota about working on challenging problems. Oh, and by the way, I will leave Dan's website address on the episode notes. We, on the other hand, have chosen the most vexing, complicated, interrelated, challenging problems ever known to humanity. You know, we're trying to tackle poverty and homelessness and illiteracy and injustice. 
These are problems that no one before us has ever solved. If they were easy, someone would already have solved them. Someone at one of the trainings said all of the easy problems have been taken. So we're trying to solve these really, really difficult problems. I'll say it again. The problems we are trying to solve are the difficult ones. Those that nobody has managed to solve yet. I just leave this one here so you are fully aware. As you'll find out in this podcast series, I encountered and still do a lot of challenges. But hey, that's why you and me are here, right? To help each other. So again, this is how I knew that this was the project I wanted to fight for. Through my brother, I experienced a problem that needed a better solution. I knew many others going through the same, and I had an idea of how to solve the problem. I believe you don't need anything else to start. Money you can raise, experience you can get it, or hire someone who has it. Okay, actually, you do need something else. You need Jane. I mean, not my wife, but someone who you know believes in you. When you start a project, you'll find so many challenges. That includes a little voice in your head casting doubt every time you encounter a challenge. Some people will make you feel you don't know what you are doing. And that's why a Jane in your life could be the difference between keep going and giving up. Have you heard the quote, a problem shared is a problem halved? But there's another consequence of having someone to talk with. That project you want to make it happen It needs a community, a group of fans, people who believe in it, people who need it. In upcoming episodes, I will show you that the most important moments in my project, they all happen when I have the support of a community. So having someone by your side is the very first step in that direction. Okay, I think we can fade out the tango now. So let's recap. Identify a problem you care about. Find a better solution to solve it or at least to minimize it. And have someone standing by for those moments of self-doubt. Here's a task for you. Before the next episode, find that person that will be there when you need it. It can be your partner, a friend, your mom, a mentor. Anyone that you know will be honest, supportive, and when you need it, will follow your instructions. Which instructions? Well, that will depend on your case. But these are mine. I'm calling Jane. Hello. Hello. Can you share with our audience what are your instructions for the eventuality of me wanting to give up? It's to remind you what I, how far you've come so far and how many people you've helped so far and that you can continue to help many people into the future and that that is as good a reason as any not to give up. Okay. How many times have you applied those instructions over the last eight years? Ah, uh, very many times. <laughs> Now to the extraordinary charity which has already saved the lives of hundreds of children overseas and is now helping those closer to home. Please take me there. Is offering children with cancer free? So far, we have funded over 6,000 trips to hospital to families of children with cancer. But if you ask me if I managed to solve the problem just like I dreamed it, the answer is no. Not yet. Far from that. So yes, you and me, 
we are on the same boat. I have a few personal reasons for making this podcast. First, I went from not knowing where to start to the point I was helping many families. But now I'm working to create a specialist transport service for children with cancer here in the UK. And that's a different kettle of fish. There's so much I have to get right. It's a lot of work for a regular guy like me, but I'm absolutely determined to make it happen. So learning more about how to get there and share it with you, that is important to me. The world needs more dreamers and doers like you and me, now more than ever, right? Second, this is a job I really want. I put a lot of years into building essential skills, learning how to get funding, finding the right partners and getting the local media to talk about my work. And finally, I think we can use each other's company on this. I mean, this is hard, but we are not alone. Everyone needs a little help to achieve the big things they want to. From working out to fund your ideas, to how to find a community of people who cares about the exact same issues as you. My hope is that in these podcasts, you will learn something from my experiences and I will learn from yours. That we will have a lot of fun together along the way and that you will feel inspired and empowered to follow your dreams too. As we go along, I'll be asking more of your help, your project ideas, your questions and your stories. So, in the next few months, I'll bring you stories from surprising events that can teach us a thing or two about fundraising and community. Like that time where I spent one week living inside an airplane and ended up being flown to America to go on NBC's Today's show. Or that one when a Eurovision Song Contest winner wrote a song for the charity right there in the middle of an airport. That's next time on This Is The Day. You can find us and follow us for free wherever you get your podcasts and at fernando.today slash forward podcasts. If you like this episode, tell your friends, help us build this community, post on Facebook, text them, email them. And please get in touch. Let me know what you think. Share a story if you want. You can find out to contact me on my website, fernando.today. Also, this podcast is free, but if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, there's an option to subscribe to our premium version. You'll get early access to new episodes and all you pay for it will go directly to help create a transport service for children with cancer. This episode was written, presented and produced by me, Fernando Pinho. The title music is by Charles Lawson. Additional music by Wayne Jones, Stephen Goodhines, Cathedral, Peter Cavallo, Carl McVoy, Arthur Benson and Aerian. I'll see you next time.